our Vine TV Christmas service. Really, that's what this is. Can you believe it? Like I said, we're, man, we're, we're no longer in fingers and toes to Christmas. We're only fingers. And I mean, my goodness, oh my goodness. So I'm so excited that we get to be here today. If I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I can't wait to meet you when you come here live in person or after the service. My name is Tyler West. I get to serve as the founder and lead pastor here at the Vine Church here in Spartanburg. And we are celebrating God's faithfulness. It has just been an incredible year. I know right now many of us would say, I feel like I'm in a dark streak right now in the world that we live in. But I'm going to tell you, no matter what, Jesus is on his throne. God is faithful and he is still moving even through the darkness. We just celebrated a few moments ago our heart for the house offering, but the thing that we know is the reason we celebrate those little bitty things to us, which is huge, to some folks might be small, but it's huge to us because those are seeds, seeds being sown for a harvest that we get to be a part of. So today, I say it at the Vine Church, you're only a guest once. After that, we consider you family. I'm the crazy one. I am a uh, T-Rap Rex, whatever this is here on my ugly sweater, whatever you want to call me. So that position is occupied, so you will fit right in. So uh, family gets to know each other better today. I want you to know each other. So my question is, I want to go ahead, say hello to your neighbor. Say hello to your neighbor today, to your left and your right, if you have not done that yet. Uh, and say, man, the pastor's ugly. I mean, his sweater. His sweater's ugly. My goodness, I don't know. The sweater's ugly, right? Like today, I'm so thankful we get to be here today. So really, here's what I want you to let your favorite, your, your family know this. I like to share favorites with each other, get to know each other. What's your favorite Christmas morning gift of all time? What was your favorite Christmas morning gift of all time? Husbands, that's when you look at your wife and let them know. You, like, come on, man, seriously. This is, I'm trying to save marriages here, uh, <laughs> Right? For me, believe it or not, it was the Game Boy that I got when I was a kid. I was so excited when Game Boy came out because now no longer did I have to have wires. I just had to have four AA batteries. And that went everywhere I needed to go, and those batteries would be drained. I swear, uh, we kept Energizer in business, or Duracell, whatever that is. Don't kick us off because of that. But that was one of my favorite toys growing up, uh, and now it seems to be coming back retro. I don't know. If you know, you know. That's where Tetris came in. That might be why I'm good at sometimes loading things in and out, because I had to do Tetris growing up. So that being said, that was my favorite. I can't wait to get to learn your favorite today as we dive into In the Dark Street Shineth. And here's what we're going to, what we've been doing every week. We've been walking through a different lyric of O Little Town of Bethlehem, if you haven't figured that out. That's what we've been walking through. And today, what we're going to walk and learn through is this. Come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Because this is what Christmas really is about. God coming to us. Love coming down, hope coming down, peace coming down to us in the darkness, lighting the way for us. And so, uh, if you've never heard of O Little Town of Bethlehem, I know in the world we live in, some of these things get back into the culture, but right now it may not be. Uh, so I want to share with you where this lyric comes from in O Little Town of Bethlehem. And here it is. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing. Praise God, because I, I, can't, I can't even compare to our vine worship team. They're incredible. So, it says this. <clears throat> o holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. So if you've got your Bible today, we're going to end back on that lyric because we're going to be unpacking that as we go through God's word today. If you've got your Bible, we're going to be in a familiar place when it comes to Christmas. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, and that's where we're going to stay today. You should be so happy. I'm not going to have you flipping everywhere. Praise God. Amen. From whom all blessings flow. Uh, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one free for the asking. Uh, but also, uh, we have the privilege to partner with the Bible app each and every week, and you can follow along with us there. If you would like to download the Bible app from your app, favorite app store, I want to show you how you can follow along with us. You're going to download the Bible app, 
And once you do, you want to click on it to open it up, obviously. Uh, and when you do that, you want to make sure that you click on the More tab. Then you're going to click on Events, make sure your location services are on. When you do that, you're going to see the Vine TV worship experience, the title of today's message, all the scripture we're going to walk through, a place for you to take notes, but also a place for you to connect with us if we can serve you or pray with you throughout the week. So Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to be hanging out today. And I want us to unpack and ponder three questions today. Three questions I have for us as we go into Luke 1. The first question is this. What is your response to the reality of Jesus? What is your response to the reality of Jesus? Because we just talked about love coming down. We talked about Jesus coming down. We talked about the Christmas story. And so for each and every one of us, that's what Christmas harkens to is what is our response to the reality of Jesus? Like who Jesus is. What is our response? We're going to learn what Mary's response was here in a minute. But for some of us here today, many of our response to Jesus would be skepticism. We would take the gospel of Luke and we would say that it's historically inaccurate, that there was no way like we would go get a Wikipedia article or Google it and try to take down and tear down the historical context of what Luke is writing. But remember when we started in Luke a few weeks ago, Luke said, hey, at the beginning of Luke, all of this is historically accurate. It is true. What I'm telling you is true. It really happened. So today, I just want to tell you, historically speaking, when it comes to the Christmas story, when you see that jargon about how it's not true, I will say this. In about 8 CE, there was a governor over Syria named Quinarius, right? He was there. The Roman Empire did a census every five to ten years. And so for all of us who just did the census, I want to tell you this is why we do a census. The Romans did it so they knew who to tax. So when you fill that out, we do it for representation and other things. Realize that we do it for tax purposes as well. There was a census taken about the time that Jesus was born. Historically speaking, we know that Herod was the king in Israel when this happened. We know that Zechariah was in the temple when this happened. So let me ask you this. If you're struggling with the reality of Christmas and you're stuck in a historical context, I just want to ask you this really quickly before we go on. Did you declare the year when you were born? Did you pop out and say, hey, it's 1989 or it's 1993? Neither did Jesus. And I don't see in the Bible where it declares that. I see that man put a year on it. So if you're stuck with the reality of Jesus because of a year in context, I just want to ask you, maybe, just maybe, you're putting your hope in the wrong thing. So let's get to Luke 1 and see what we can learn about our response to the reality of Jesus. Luke 1, verse 26 through 38 is where we're going to be today and a little bit in Luke 2. Verse 26 says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, remember we talked about her the last time we were in Luke, she's pregnant with John the Baptist, she was barren, now she has a son, uh, about to have a son, she's in her sixth month, God sent the, Ab the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, Gabriel's God's PR secretary, the press secretary, Gabriel's, Gabriel's the PR guy for God, he announces all the news of what God's about to do. Verse 27, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, if we just got that from the angel, how great would that be? We would be awesome. Like, that'd be great. Let's stop right there. I'm highly favored. I don't want to hear anything else. I'm good to go, right? Like, I'm highly favored. I can imagine that's where Mary was as a teenager. She sees this angel. We can see she's a little bit scared, but it's, greetings, you're highly favored. She's probably thinking, man, I'm going to get the two donkey wagon wheel now. Like, right? I got an angel here. There's going to be two mules, two donkeys carrying this thing. It's going to be awesome. Like, Joseph's a carpenter. We're going to have more than the carpenter's table. You know what I mean? like it's gonna be like the carpenter's house it's gonna be great like we're gonna have it all but it doesn't stop there verse 29 mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this may be but the angel said to her do not be afraid mary you have found favor with god you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Look at Mary's response. How will this be? 
since I am a virgin. Before we go on, that, that's where we are, our response to the reality of Jesus. We can be just like Mary in this moment. So many times as we grow up and we heard about faith, we a lot of times thought faith was always supposed to be blind. But you see, real, real faith isn't. It's informed. It's inquisitive. It's not afraid to ask God the questions. Because here's the thing that can happen when you realize this. God's a big enough God to handle your questions, no matter what they are, even in the midst of the darkness. Mary is sitting there, and she's saying, okay, this is awesome. I'm highly favored. I, I get it. I haven't heard from Elizabeth in five months. Remember, she was in seclusion for five months because of her shame, because she couldn't have a son, and she was advanced. Use the right word. Advanced in age. Uh, advanced in years, excuse me, not age. Uh, age is never revealed, right? Mary Kay taught us that, right? Like uh, all the way through, like advanced. And so all of a sudden what ends up happening is Mary says, wait, 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 how can this be? Scientifically speaking, I'm a virgin. It takes one thing happening for me to have a baby. How can this be? Her response to the reality of Jesus is, okay, the son of the most high God is to come. And you're telling me that I'm highly favored and I'm going to have them. But there's something not clicking here. There's something that's just not meeting the eye. There's something that's going on. And so for many of us, that's what I think we can struggle with in the midst of these dark streets is our faith, we think, has to be fully perfected from the moment that we are saved. And I want to tell you this, it will be perfected in glory. I'm not, I'm not being a heretic. Understand, when you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, he died and rose again the third day, you are set free from the shame and guilt of your past mistakes and sin and your future failures. But the thing that you have to understand is what's different about Christianity is it's one step at a time. We call that sanctification. You fully realizing your faith. And Mary hasn't fully realized her faith here. She's saying, you want me to take this step, but it's not making sense in my brain. How in the world can this be? See, faith is a window that looks out at something. We all got faith in something. Think about your favorite card, your favorite Christmas card. It's usually a view of something. Feels like a window, right? See, that's what faith is. We all got faith in something. Mary in this moment said, my faith is in science when it comes to having a baby. Quite frankly, I don't know how I'm going to do that. If I'm supposed to be married to this man, and I'm not pregnant, so how is this going to be? For many of us, we've got to realize, Mary's about to take a step of faith that I, I, I have, I'm going to tell you is incredible. The step of faith that all of us can take. But the thing is, so many times our fear will grip us because we think that we have to have all the answers from the beginning. We think... We have to blindly walk by faith. We think God can't handle our questions. I want to tell you, he can. Doesn't mean he has to answer, but I promise you, he will. So for Mary right here, I want you to see, she realizes the content of her faith is in the most high God, but the content of science she's struggling with. It goes on to say this in verse 35 through 37. The angel answers her. See, God can answer your questions. This is Gabriel. He answered the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. Now, the angel went there. He could do that. So don't do that. Don't say anything about old age when you get home today because you're going to be looking for a new place for Christmas. I'm just saying. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. That is Elizabeth. So Elizabeth was barren. Now she is having John the Baptist. She is pregnant with John the Baptist. And if you've got your Bible, if you've got a, a post-it note, if you want to take a picture of a verse, if you want to share a verse, if you want something to hang on to for 2020 and going into 21, it's Luke 1, verse 37. This is what the angel said. For no word from God will ever fail. What if we live that out every day? God is who he says he is. No word from him will ever fail. In other words, Gabriel said, God gave me this word. I'm sending this word of God out, and it will not fail. It will happen. You see, what happens is the angel responds, and when I think of this and I talk about our faith when it comes to Mary, I love verse 37, but when it comes to Mary and her response, she asks, and now she's got a decision to make. Will she believe or will she not believe? 
so many times as a Christian, we can struggle here because we forget it's a process. It's one step at a time. I think of it this way. I've heard it two ways. Uh, microwave or crock pot. The world is a microwave world, but Christianity is a crock pot thing. It's a process. It's a lifelong thing. Or this morning, I thought of it this way. There's two different things. Instant versus brewed coffee. Have you had instant coffee? It just gets the job done. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, like I'm going to tell you right now, if it's instant coffee or water, praise Jesus, you instant coffee drinkers. All it is, well, anyway. Uh, anyway, you probably could get better at the sewage treatment plant. But anyway, instant coffee versus brewed coffee. Now, don't give me the pour over. I'm not cool enough for the pour over yet. I'm just not that cool. I'm not at that stage in the process of coffee drinking, okay? So for each and every one of us, though, the reason that this is important is we think Christianity means, okay, I get saved, I have all the answers, it's going to be a good life, I'll never walk the dark street, because God is with me always, so it's just going to be perfect, it's going to be comfortable, and I'm never going to have anything bad happen to me, and nothing ever bad is going to happen, because when that happens, I just hit the microwave, I nuke it, or I instant brew it. But for any of us who are in Christ Jesus, we know it's just not that way. That's what Mary's walking through. That's the process of following full faith. See, Christianity is the only thing that offers that. Everything else in the world says there's seven steps to enlightenment. There's 12 steps. You got to do all of these things. You got to catch God on his good day when you die to be able to get into heaven. That's what the religions of the world say. But you see, what ends up happening for each and every one of us is we got to see, even Jesus told us when he walked the earth, he didn't give us moral imperatives to follow. He said, do one thing, follow me, follow me. One step at a time. Follow me. So that's what Mary's had to do. She's got to make a decision. Does she trust God and that he is who he says he is and that this will happen? Or does she shrink back in fear? Will she operate in faith? Or will she step back into the darkness and stay stuck where she is? She says it this way in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Remember verse 37, no, no word from God will ever fail. And Mary said, listen, I am surrendered to the Lord. May your word be fulfilled. You see, when it comes to this and our response to the reality of Jesus, that's the most important thing. Many of us, our response is that he is who he says he is. Praise God for that. Praise God if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For the rest of us, we're groping in the dark, searching for answers that, and things that will never satisfy us, trying to say, well, the history's wrong. It's 0 CE, 0 AD, Constantine, blah, 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 blah. This is inaccurate. This person is inaccurate. And I just want to say, I'm a living proof of Luke 1, that the word of God will not fail because it is only by him that I get to stand here today. And the same is true for you. Would you just for a moment take that skepticism out of your mind? Would you just stop trying to grasp at things that can't satisfy and just for a moment consider the reality of Jesus? Because in the end, your response to the reality of Jesus is what will make the difference for eternity. Not just today. Not just 2020. Because in just a little bit, the clock's going to roll over. Whether the ball falls in New York City or not, it'll be 2021. But no matter what, God will still be on his throne. God didn't say that this is the year 2021. This is the year of our Lord. This is common era before common area, before Christ. Year of our, no, 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 no. He just said, I sit on my throne and my word will not fail. The question is, your response to the reality of Jesus, the reality of who he is, will determine whether you're a part of it or not. And for me and you in this dark season, we get to be a part of it. And that's amazing. All the way through this, I want to see, like, when we look at this really quick on verse 38, Mary said, I will submit. She's saying it this way. In the midst of my fears, in the midst of my doubts, and my reservations, I am fully surrendered. If you were to look in the New King James Version or the King James Version, it says, I'm a bondservant. In other words, she is saying, I'm a slave to Christ. All of us are either a slave to sin or a slave to Christ. Sin will leave us chained to things that will only give death. Chained to Christ, we will be set free for life. We will have life for eternity. 
Mary is saying, hey, I don't want to be chained to anything else but the Lord. And so I want us to see even in this, she is saying, hey, I'm going to take this step. It still don't make sense. I don't know how I'm going to have a baby and all this. But if you say it's going to happen, God, your word won't fail. I am your servant. And see, that's what Christmas invites. It invites us to take a step of faith. Is there something more? Is there just something greater? Like that Christmas card, like I said, it's like a window. Usually you're looking out of a street and you see like the church and a door or you'll see a, a beautifully decorated door or a family sitting outside of their house uh, near a window. That's what faith will do for us. It will help us look out the window and know that it's not up to us. When I look out the window, the things of this world will fail. Death's batting a thousand, y'all. It's, I mean, it's batting a thousand. It, is, it, it, it never fails. Never fails. But the thing that brings life that never fails is only found in Christ Jesus. So the first question is, what is your response to the reality of Jesus? That will tell you where your faith is, in the things of this world or in Christ Jesus and him alone. Once you have that, I want to ask you about your faith. Has your faith turned into joy? Because we saw Mary's response was, okay, I'm your servant. I will do this. Whatever it is, God, I will do. I'm your servant. Use me. I'm fully surrendered to you. I will do it. The thing is, if you're in Christ Jesus, he died so that our faith can be turned into joy. Joy is not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's, it's not anything. We, we actually walked through that in our Bible app, Devo, today. Uh, it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion. Joy is something that's everlasting. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is something that is eternal. And so let me ask you, if your faith is not in Christ Jesus, when is the last time you've had eternal joy from the thing you have faith in that's not Christ? Or was it just temporary pleasure? The good report from the doctor eventually became bad. The, the surplus in the bank account eventually became depleted. <laughs> the promotion at the job eventually went away, didn't it? When was the last time you had real joy? Because Christmas will beg that question. Look at what Mary did. I love this. So if you, do, if you question Mary's full faith, listen. So the angel leaves her, Gabriel leaves her, and so she goes and, and sees her relative, let's be real, her cousin, uh, her cousin, Elizabeth. Her kinfolk, Elizabeth. And it isn't because she just wanted to hang out with her kinfolk, let's be real, because I'm, I'm real. She wanted to see if Elizabeth was really pregnant because she's thinking, I hadn't seen her for five months. I hadn't talked to her. Remember, Elizabeth's in hiding. She's now in the sixth month. She's coming out. She's like second trimester. Like JTV, John the Baptist is in there doing his thing, eating wild locusts and wearing loincloths. Like he's doing his thing. He's getting ready. He's getting ready to make his appearance to point to Jesus. And so Mary's like, I got to go see Elizabeth. I got to see if this is real. Because I know if it's real in her, then it's going to be real in me. So this is what happens when she sees Elizabeth. Verse 44 says this, Elizabeth talking to Mary. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Verse 37, the word of God will never fail. Verse 38, Mary says, I'm your servant. I believe that your word will be fulfilled in me. She goes to Elizabeth, meets him. John the Baptist leaps for joy. I, medically speaking, it's not possible for me to have a child. I'm a male. So that being said, that would be, if the angel of the Lord came, I guess I'd have to trust it. But uh, if you've ever had a child, you know. So imagine this baby jumping up and down and everything happening. Poor Poor Elizabeth. <laughs> She's going crazy. She's got that, but the baby's leaping for joy. And this is why this is important when I say, is your faith turned to joy? When that happens, look what happens to Mary's faith. Verse 46. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their throne, but lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. 
she responds with joy after Elizabeth responds with joy. Her step of faith, now all of a sudden Mary can joyfully sing that God is who he says he is. Like if you look in your Bible that says Mary's song, if you saw the title of that, like she is now responding in joy. Her faith is now turning into joy. She is like, all right, I don't know what in the world's going to happen. Like this is crazy. And then she got to the ninth month and let's be real, Elizabeth probably went in labor. She said, I can't see this. I'm not going to deal with that right now. Like she probably just tried to get away for a minute. But all that to say, she was like, I don't know what this is, but God is who he says he is and I saw my cousin my kinfolk who couldn't have a child that's probably in her 80s now have a child and I know that if God is moving he's going to work in me because remember God's been silent for 400 years from Malachi 4 to Matthew 1 before this happens he's been silent now all of a sudden God is moving and Mary says I can't help I've experienced God my faith now is turning into joy and it will last for all generations The thing is, I wonder if your faith has turned into joy. See, Christmas, Christianity and Christmas, it's, it's not just about obeying. It's about Christianity being true, about it being good, something good, restoring us to be what we were created to be. Nothing in this world could do it. The world cannot fix darkness. You and I cannot fix darkness. We spent time from the garden to the time of Jesus trying to. But Jesus came. The light came down. And made a way. And for each and every one of us, I wonder if we would be passionate, passionate about that. I wonder if we could be passionate about Christmas. We could be passionate about Christianity because that's what Mary is doing. She is fired up in her faith. So much so, she's like, dude, I've been in hiding for three months with my relative. I'm going to go out into the world. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to take this on full-throated, ready to go. And so I just want to say this as we go into this when it comes to our faith being turned into joy because I think this is many of us in 2020. Many of the times we can think our way into faith or we think we can think our way into Christianity. It doesn't work that way in God's economy. we got to live our way into it. One step at a time. One step at a time. Not seven steps. Sometimes God can give us a vision that's, that's 20 years down the road. I believe that 100%. But we're going to get there one step at a time. God is better than a lottery ticket. <laughs> He's a better God than that. That's what we can see from Mary. But what strikes me in this that can change us, that I want you to see in Mary and Elizabeth, how your real faith turns into joy is from the inside out. Jesus was in Mary. She responded. John the Baptist was in in Elizabeth. She responded with joy. The only way we can be transformed is from the inside out, not the outside in, not the things of this world. It's receiving the free gift of salvation that Jesus came, lived the perfect life we couldn't live, died the death we deserved on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin, and loved us enough not to stay dead. He rose again on the third day so that we could live life to the full. Now it's receiving that gift in faith. That is how our faith turns to joy, and we change from the inside out. Inside out, not outside in. That's when the transformation happens. So let me ask you this. Maybe maybe you're in Christ Jesus. Praise God. How do you know if your faith is turning into joy? Well, number one, you've got the first one right. You got faith, faith in Jesus. If you want to know if your faith is turning into joy, you got faith in Jesus. That's number one. That's step one. There's only one more after that, okay? Really easy. Faith in Jesus. If you've got faith in Christ, you're, you're on track to your faith turning into joy. Number two is to be faithful to him. Faith in Christ, faithful to him. I can have a marriage license and have faith that I'm married. doesn't require me to be faithful in my marriage, though, does it? Now, do you see? How do you know if you're being faithful to God? Because I think that's where we can all struggle, to be honest with you. And it's this. Two more ways. You can't believe this. Two more ways we can find out. So faith in him is great. We know that. But are we being faithful to him? Mary was being faithful to him. She had faith that God is who he said he is, but then she had a choice. Will she believe and continue to walk in faith and be faithful to him through this ugly sweater of pregnancy that she's about to walk into? How do you know if you're being faithful to him? Well, it's this. It's this. If the Bible clearly tells you to do something or not do something, do you obey it whether you like it or not? 
That's number one, if you want to find out if you're being faithful to God. If the Bible clearly says to do something or not to do something, do you obey it whether you like it or not? And number two is the big one. Will you accept anything God places in your life whether you understand it or not? So do you take God at his word in the Bible and if it clearly says to do something or not do it, do you obey it whether you like it or not? And then will you accept anything God places in your life? Like the savior of the world as a virgin teenage girl betrothed to be married, will you accept it whether you understand it fully or not? That's how you know if you're being faithful to God. That's what real faith requires. That's what walking in faith requires. It is informed. It doesn't mean you can't ask questions. It doesn't mean you can't ask God, okay, God, I'm just not understanding this. God, you made me. So you know there's more than a few screws loose. There's lots of nuts and bolts missing. So I just need you to connect the dots just a little bit for me. I'm going to step out in faith. I don't need the full answer, but please help me show you to the world. He says, hey, listen to my word. It will not fail. And receive what I'm trying to place in your life. What if 2020 was that right now? Have we been receiving what he's trying to place in our life? That's a tough question in the dark, isn't it? Because see, in the dark, we can't even see what he's trying to give us. But when we walk in his light, we can. See, that's where Mary is. See, in her society, in this time, she would have been shunned, shamed, hurt, hidden. Not only that, believe it or not, she could have been stoned being pregnant outside of marriage the whole community would have been like hey she she's not only been unfaithful to joseph she's been unfaithful to god and it shows like you know like this wasn't something you could keep hidden like she couldn't this pregnancy is not something you can keep hidden for long there comes a moment where like I, i i know they have the tv shows that said i didn't know i was pregnant pray bless your heart Praise God, because if that happened, it is what it is. I'm going to tell you that. But I'm saying Mary's in this moment. She's got to wear this ugly sweater in front of the entire world. But she said, you know what? God called me to it. I don't care. I don't care if you make fun of what I'm wearing. I don't care if you make fun of what's happening in me, because the God I serve is greater than what what I got on right now. The God I serve is greater than this pregnancy. The God I serve is going to do something that's absolutely incredible. And because of that, her faith has turned into joy. I wonder if we're walking around in our ugly sweaters in confidence because we believe Jesus is who he says he is, or we're spending our entire life in our ugly sweater trying to rip it off, worried what everybody's going to think, worried what, oh gosh, are they going to like this? Are they not going to like this? Do I look good in this? Is this my good side? Is this my good side? Is this my good side? Like, what are we doing? Because that's where Joseph was at the beginning of this. We read about Joseph, Gabriel coming to him and saying, hey dude, Mary ain't, Mary ain't joking. I know Mari's done came and said, you were not the father, okay? Yes, you're not. I get it. I get it. And I know that it's hard, Joseph. I know that it is. But know that God is good. And know that he is working through this. And that this is going to happen. It is real. Do you have the faith to be a part of it? And Joseph says, yes. Mary's not going to walk alone. See, that's what Jesus did for us, too. He made sure through it we didn't have to walk alone. So I wonder, as we're walking in the light of our ugly Christmas sweaters, what if God's trying to give us this ugly Christmas sweater? Would we still bear it to lift his name high? Or will we try to go in our sin, shame, and guilt and try to hide in the dark? Because Mary chose, Mary chose to go step into it knowing that this is the right thing to do. This is what God's called me to. So I think about this for us with our faith turning into joy. We got a better view than Mary and Joseph. (laughs) We got a better view. We can look back and see at God's faithfulness and see what Christmas set up and the Easter story and who Jesus is. Mary just had to take a step of faith and have everyone make fun of her. Everyone probably shun her. Joseph gets shunned. So much so, she took a step of faith. I wonder she did know. Sorry, Mark Lowry, whatever. She did know. We're going to talk about this in a second. She did know. We're going to find this out. She did know. But I don't know if she thought she was going to have to ride a donkey going in there to Bethlehem. 
I wonder if she knew that there was going to be no place for her if she still would have done Like, don't you think, like, if God was coming, we talked about this last week, like, it would be the sweet, like, the, the, the biggest sweet, like, it would be a house, it would be just like this, this house, so it'd be a cloud somewhere. And there would be all these angels attending her while it was happening, like, you know, they were there and, and they were trying to help her through the pregnancy and the birth, but no, 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 no. It's in a cave, in a manger, with animals. And think about this. You ever had a smelly dog? Think about all the smelly animals. They didn't do those things back then. Like, think of that. And she's probably continuing. I would be like, man, as a teenager, I'd be like, oh, man, that, that Mary, right? Like, it's that Mary, right? Like, you, you got the wrong Mary. No, 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 no. No, 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 it's the wrong Mary. We, we crossed the, I, I'm a different number. Like, it's a different address. It's the Mary down the road. Yeah, yeah, she know Joe. She know Joe. Mary and Joe, you know them. Go down the road. But instead, she keeps walking in faith. And Joseph does with her. That's how her faith turned into joy. So now we know our response to the reality of Jesus. Has our faith turned into joy? The third question that I have us to ponder is this. It's got ponder in it. What treasure or treasures do you ponder in your heart? What treasure or treasures do you ponder in your heart? See, once you know your response to the reality of Jesus, whether you believe he is who he says he is or not, then you'll know if your faith can fully be turned into joy, you will see the treasures of your heart because you'll know what to ponder. Look what ends up happening here in Luke 2. Go a little bit, now Now Luke 1's a long book, so you probably got to flip the page depending on where you are in your Bible. Luke 2, let's get to verse 13. She's there. We know the famous part of Luke 2. We'll talk about that a little bit Wednesday night, but when it comes out and, and Quinarius is there, and uh, there, there's a, you know, there, there's going to be a census, so everybody goes to their hometown. Look at verse 13. That's where we're going to start. Mary has Jesus. She can't even get no rest, y'all. Poor Mary. And it says this, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to whom God's favor rests, to whom his favor rests. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, look at this, let's go to Bethlehem. They had a response. What was their response to the reality of Jesus being here? They said, let's go to him and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They answered what their response to Jesus and the reality of Jesus was, and they went to him. Many people walk in darkness right now. Many people walk in darkness right now, even though the light has come. But let me ask you this. How many people sleep past sunset in the morning, or sunrise, excuse me, sunrise in the morning? Some folks do. If you've got children trying to get up for school, what do you normally do? You turn on a light, and if they're not early birds, what do they do? Pull the cover over their head, right? Like they don't want to wake up. They try to go back in the darkness. Many people right now could have been where the shepherds were in the midst of the darkness, and the light has come, and they can see that the light is here, and they choose to stay in darkness even though the light is on. And I want you to see in this season, that's what Jesus is trying to pull together. Is he's saying, look, 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 you're in the darkness, but the light is here. Stop refusing to step into it. The shepherd's response was the reality of Jesus. They stepped into it. I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. I can't fix the darkness. You can't fix the darkness. A government can't fix the darkness. A document can't fix the darkness. A bank statement can't fix the darkness. A new house can't fix the darkness. Anything in this world can't fix the darkness. It can only magnify it. Only Christ. Only Christ can overcome the darkness. And the shepherds went to him. Look what they did once they did that. Verse 16, because they're about to experience their joy. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph. Mary's like, I just want to sleep. Like, it's a God-sized cry with this baby. Like, it's just a loud cry. Like, could you imagine that? Like, she did know, Mark. I know, yes, it's the very face of God. Yes, she knew all that. Like, she's probably just ready to rest. She's thinking, like, Joseph, go see if there's a room somewhere because this baby, like, we got to go rest. But no, everybody comes in, and she receives them. I love this. And the baby who was lying in a manger, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherd said to them. Has anybody ever give you good news like that and you're amazed at it? Because I don't think the shepherds just went around saying, yeah, this baby was born today. Another day. Went and saw him in a manger. Yeah, this angel came. You know, I was keeping my sheep, watching my flock by night. I left them little things. Bah! You know, just left them chilling. I'll be back in a minute. I'll let them know I'll be back in a minute. Hang out there. 
We figured we'd go see it, you know, why not? You got a good story to tell. It'll be good for the card next year, come Hanukkah. No, 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 no. They didn't do that. They told them with joy, their faith had turned into joy because they had seen the light. I wonder how many of us, even in the midst of 2020, could say our faith has been turned into joy. So much so that the treasure of our heart is heaven and eternity that people can't help but respond. And when they do, they will be amazed, just like the shepherds had the people around them doing that. But look at what Mary did. She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. <clears throat> she did know. I put it out there. The angel could answer her how she was going to get pregnant. She knew what was about to happen to Jesus, yet she still in faith continued on there. So Christmas begs the question, what treasure is your life built on? What's the center of your life? What's the foundation of your life? Presence? Don't be wasted on the 26th, the day after. A tree, eventually it'll come down unless it's an Easter tree and you just sustain Easter eggs on it. You float it in and out every year. Ho-ho coming down the chimney. Amazon coming down your driveway, whatever that is. <laughs> What's your life built on? What's the foundation of your life? Because Christmas is the thing that makes the whole world yearn to know that there has to be something more. This darkness can't be it. This can't be as good as it gets. But those of us who are in Christ that choose to have faith in him and be faithful to him get to be his light, reflecting him to the world that is weary, weary, wanting to rejoice. But because their faith has never brought them joy, their faith in the things of this world. And so I just want to say, maybe you're struggling to walk in your faith today. Luke 137, for no word of God will ever fail. Do you believe that Jesus will do what he said he was going to do? Do you believe that God is who he says he is? I know it's hard. There are moments in our life when it's hard. These ugly sweaters we have to wear sometimes, they're rough. But I tell you what, Jesus wore an ugly sweater for us. For each and every one of us, we have to see that all the way through that we, we were born with an ugly sweater on. The ugly sweater that we were born in and wearing was sin. And that ugly sweater brought us shame. Even though we laugh about it, it brought us shame. It brought us guilt. It brought us nothing but death. But you see, Jesus loved himself, loved us enough, excuse me, that he himself stepped down from heaven and he put on this ugly sweater of sin. He took off the clothes of righteousness, perfection. He took it off and put on this ugly sweater of human skin, this ugly sweater of sin, this ugly sweater and all its desires and all the things that it brings, which is death. And he put it on and he lived the perfect sinless life we couldn't live bore our sin and shame that ugly sweater paid the penalty for it to restore us to be rightfully what we were created to be without this ugly sweater on on the cross and loved us enough not to stay dead he rose again on the third day so that we could have life and have it to the full and so the thing that i want you to see all the way through is this all of us are in need of someone to take off our original ugly sweater so that we can wear the one that god calls us to and walk in confidence in it I want to remind you where we started. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. Be born in us. Cast out our sin. Enter in. Come to us. Abide with us. Our Lord, Emmanuel, which means God with us. We know that. God with us. So, Christmas in the end makes us stop and deal with God. It makes us stop and answer the first question. What is our response to the reality of Jesus? For those of us who are in him, we can wear these ugly sweaters with smiles and know that whatever ugly sweater God gave me to wear after I've received Christ by faith is something he's going to work through 
even if the world sees it as shame, even if the world sees it as something crazy, he's going to work through it. But for the rest of us, maybe right now, you believe Christmas is just a family tradition where we get together, share some gifts, have a dirty Santa. Can I say that at church? I just did. doesn't matter. Have a dirty Santa exchange. Have a meal. And I just want to ask you, maybe that's always been your response to the reality of Jesus. Has your faith turned into joy? How are those treasures doing? Because 2020 probably ripped a ton of them away. Can you see in this dark season, can you just for a moment see that God is putting things in your path to draw him to you? Or will you just keep walking around with your ugly sweater saying, it's not ugly, it's perfect. This is what I wanted at the store. This is exactly what I was trying to buy. It is the perfect thing. This is exactly what, no, 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 this is it. It fits perfectly. It's just right. It's there. Uh, Are you going to keep walking in that denial groping in the darkness for things of this world that can never satisfy. Because I'm going to tell you something. T-Rex is funny. I'm sorry. That's just me. If you know anything about me, I could drop it. I could drop it. We've seen some straight out of the North Pole. That, that Joe, Joe leading our fine kids. Uh, he had a great, he's got a great shirt that lights up. Uh, and I, it's sad that I could probably go through that whole album. Praise God. If God can use anyone, he could use me. Uh, but I'm just saying, straight out of Compton, if you know, you know. Uh, all that to say... I can't convince myself that this can save me, no matter how hard I try. I can't convince myself a fleeting laughter can save me, no matter how hard I try. A fleeting moment could save me, no matter how hard I try. Only Christ can. So to to look at the ugly sweater that Jesus bore, I want to go to the most familiar verse in the Bible and be reminded of this. Verse uh, John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. But look at this, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The only place you're not going to be made fun of for your ugly sweater is in Christ Jesus. He accepts you just how you are, ugly sweater and all. He loves you enough not to keep you that way, but he receives you just as you are because he loves you that much. And so my question is today, one more time, what's your response to the reality of Jesus? Right now, here in just a moment, we're gonna pray as a family for the benefit of those who are coming to faith for the first time. And it's not the words of this prayer that saves you, but the faith. The faith that that Jesus is who he says he is, that there is something that he came down and, and, and he came down to set us free. He came down and lived the perfect sinless life we couldn't live, died the death we deserve, paying the penalty for our sin on the cross, but loved us enough not to stay dead. He rose again on the third day, so much so he would wrap the ugly sweater of our sin, shame, and guilt on himself and bear it for us. And he loves us enough that he would come down, hunt us down in the midst of the darkness to light the way for us and receive us and make a way for us to be set free. All we have to do is receive. We don't earn the gift. We don't do anything. We just have this gift of salvation sitting right in front of us. All we have to do is open it up and receive it. No judgment, nothing else. There's nothing in this world that would love you the way that Christ does. And so as we pray here in a moment as a family, I just want you to ponder, is this God showing you the way in the midst of the darkness? And will you receive the light? So with every head bow and every eye closed, please repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life that I couldn't live, died the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sin on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how with every head bow and every eye closed. If you are in the house or you're watching online, I'm gonna count to three and ask you to have the courage to raise your hand in response to the reality of who Jesus is. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you can say for the first time that you've received 
this free gift of salvation. If you're watching online, you're going to see a hand that's raised. Click on that. We would love to connect with you. Maybe you're listening throughout the week. Reach out to us at prayer at thevine.tv, 864-580-6698. We have a family who wants to celebrate with you and not let you walk through this alone. For the rest of us, you can look up. We're going to sing that familiar song little town of Bethlehem and be reignited in our faith as we go out into these dark streets we get to be the light and show the world how faith can be turned into joy how we can have treasures that are eternal from generation to generation for all eternity not just in a box not just in a sock hanging on a chimney but instead in Christ who has given us life so let's stand together and sing
feel like we're in a little town in Bethlehem this year. See, he's come for us. He's here. He is alive. And because of him, we get to be. So as we go out into a weary world rejoicing, we get to point where our rejoicing comes from, from above. And so as we go out throughout this Christmas season, before and after, let us be reflections of light even in our ugliest sweaters for the Lord. I want to remind you as we go out throughout this, uh, we got one more opportunity in 2020 to gather together. December the 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. We're going to have carols and candlelight. Might have a few surprises in store. Uh, don't want to say what those are. Hopefully it's not snow. Hopefully that's not the surprise because we want to gather together. But might have something there uh, up there at the Rob. So I would love to invite you to come gather with us if you haven't made plans or you would like to come hang out with us. We're going to have LED candles, so there's not going to be a fire. Praise God. It's going to be great. The only fire will be the Holy Spirit. So we would love for you to join us uh, on Wednesday, December 23rd at 7 p.m. Also, just a reminder, the next two weeks we won't gather together physically for a Sunday, but we will gather together online. There will still be things going on. We'll have services online, but we Sabbath for those weeks, so we can't wait to gather physically with you on January 10th, 2021. But over these next few weeks, we're just going to say spend time with family, be the light, because the thing is, in the midst of the darkness, the light shines the brightest. And so for each and every one of us, as we get to walk around with our family and friends, let them know who Christ is, because it's the most important thing we could ever share with them, the best gift we could ever give. I'm going to pray, and we're going to go about our day and have an incredible week. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, once again, thank you that you have come down for us, that you have made a way that in the midst of the darkness, you hunted us down. Instead, no longer do we have to be grasping and hoping for things of this world that can never satisfy, that will never change us. But Jesus, you came, wrapped your arms around us in love, and rescued us in spite of us. So Jesus, I pray as we go out into this world, we would be your light. Because they're still searching they're still seeking and Jesus you were the only answer that satisfies so thank you that you came down for us that you made a way and thank you that we get to live that out today we love you Lord it's in your name we pray amen we figured we'd go out on a high note today you guys stick around and sing with us
everybody. I hope you all have a great week.